the Across the Pod NFL podcast. It's time for another team's season preview, and this time the team we're doing is the Indianapolis Colts. And with me, I've got a returning guest who was on the show last year for the season preview, amongst other episodes in the past. With us today is George Gator, otherwise known as George on Sports. How are you, mate? How are things? I'm great. I'm great. I couldn't help but notice the fact that it, is it pretty, it's pretty much has been a year, I think, since I did the show with you last which feels insane but um no i'm good man i'm really good um, i'm looking forward to the new season we've had the off season we've had the the pre-season games we've had all the trades and the moves um and all the talk that's been going on um during the off season we've got to that point starting to come up and now starting to come back to the uk um you know, don't know if it's good or bad being a Colts fan right now because we're on the high of AR5, in other words, Anthony Richardson. But you also you've got the drama with Jonathan Taylor, who is now seeking a trade. We'll come to that later. So it's a bit of a strange period for me being a Colts fan. But the main thing is American football, NFL's on its way back, and I can't ask for anything better. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's always a case where as soon as preseason starts, that's when you know week one's just around the corner. I mean, I said before in the, in the previous episode that the Super Bowl is so great. You love the build-up. You love the game itself. But when the game finishes, you, you hit, it hits you like a rock. And you know that I've got seven months now without any American football. And it, is, it is bad. It's sad in a way. But then at the same time, you know, it's what we're used to now. So we have to just have to just deal with it, unfortunately, which is sad. But um, we might as well get into John, John Tay now. We'll go into the ins and outs in a bit. But, of course... It's remiss not to start with this because it's been the news of last night. I woke up to this news. Um, I mean, I planned this show about a week ago, the script, and it was talking about him potentially returning to camp. But, of course, since then, literally, news broke last night in the UK about 11pm, I think it was, maybe half 11, where they were willing to help him seek a trade. Jonathan Taylor, your running back, of course, didn't have his best season last year, but the year before, he was arguably the best in the whole league. He was that good. So, for you guys, it's really tricky now because Richardson, if he hasn't got a running back like Taylor to hand the ball off to, an elite running back like Taylor can be on his day, then it's going to be a struggle for him in his rookie year even more so. So what's your take been on the whole situation with Taylor this whole off-season and what's happened um, last night? I mean, I played running back, right? I played running back myself. So although not in the NFL, I understand both sides of this, this debate. JT is a top-of-the-range running back, right? With that position, naturally comes wear and tear. And as a running back, when you carry your team on your back the way JT did, and you happen to get injured because of that, lack of O-line, lack of options outside of running the ball, lack of a good quarterback, which what every team needs, which we just haven't had, the long and, the, the long and short of it is, guys like JT are going to get hurt because they carry the team on their back. So it's a double-edged sword. You do all the good stuff for your for your team. You get those wins, um, breakaway speed, touchdown, winning games. And then at the end of it, your team turns around and says, you know what? I'm not going to give you what you're looking for because you're too banged up. And if you're JT, you're thinking, well, I'm only banged up because there was nothing. There was no, we had nothing else. You know, we didn't have the QB. He could do much. Matt Ryan couldn't do much. Um, Ellinger couldn't do much. And it's a case of, well, if you're not going to pay me, then I want out. And the, obviously the flip side is you look at guys like JT and Josh Jacobs and Dalvin Cook, obviously he's now been signed a one-year deal with the Jets. But you know that as a running back, your your lifespan, if you like, in that position isn't very long. You start to hit a certain age, I think it's 24, 25, 
where naturally your body does start to break down. You have unicorns, of course you do, like Adrian Peterson, Marshall Lynch. They can defy the laws of nature in some way, shape, or form and stay healthy. Um, but And as that starts to creep up in your mind as a running back, or Jonathan Taylor, if you like, the first thing you think of, right, is I need my money right now because I can't co- continue um, with these injuries. Like he's battling a quite, quite a bad ankle injury right now. I'm not too sure what's happening with the injury on the back, whether that's rumours or that's true. I'm not too sure. But if you have... The league knows it too. And so does every other team out there who potentially may want to trade for you. And if they do, like the scenario is now, JT, you know, he was away. He came back and left the same day. It's just all this hoo-ha and all this drama. And he's come back. They're going to Philly for preseason and he's been given permission to seek a trade. He's obviously thinking, right, I'm going to get my money. And I completely, look, you can't blame these guys. You know, this is their livelihood. You can be cut in one day and your career is done. So get your money whilst you can get your money. I completely agree with that. But it's at the point where, okay, it's, it's tough because you can see both sides. He's asking for a certain amount of money because he wants protection almost. He wants paying for what he's done for this team. We can't take away what he's done for this team. He's been a gem for this team. You know, I still remember the touchdown against the New England Patriots. It was, I think, Monday Night Football, if I remember correctly. I was up at like two or three in the morning watching him break away that, that home run touchdown. You know, my, my hairs and my arms were standing up. It was just like, oh my gosh, all we need is a QB, a couple more tight ends, wide receivers, fix the O-line and we're good fast forward a year later and obviously things have gone down the pan so it's tough because I understand what JT's saying and as someone who's played the sport myself I understand the physical wear and tear and I'm talking about local UK level he's talking about the NFL you know that's serious stuff so I get it he wants his money but as the organization side I understand like you know you got to manage the books right can't overpay um say in my opinion you know I'm, I'm not sold on him as an owner Bit of a bit, few question marks around him, um, but I understand their angle in the sense that we don't want to give you what how much you want because we don't feel like you know you've had the ankle injury, you've suffered with that for a while now, you're still treating that right now, and you want us to give you this this amount of money. It's it's really it's really difficult. It's really difficult because I don't think JT is going to get the money he's after because of this ankle injury, because of his agent who, in my opinion, has done things in the wrong way, you know, blasting it all over social media. You've got to be professional about it, you know. We know you're trying to make your money, but there's ways to go about things. So, I mean, I respect the guy. I respect JT. I hope he does get paid, you know, and he goes to another team. But there's also the the question, is this just a bluff? Because what team is willing to pay JT the money that he will? team in the league knows about his ankle injury. Every team in the league knows that he's not fully healthy, and every team in the league knows running backs typically tend to decline. Now, that's a whole other debate because I'm not, I'm, you know, the way running backs are being treated, I don't agree with personally. But if JT doesn't get that deal from another team, which I think the Colts are kind of hoping happens, kind of like um, Kenny Moore last year, he had his old issues as the cornerback for the Colts and he's come back to the team. And I've heard him speak to news reporters and journalists and he says how how much of a cloud last season was for him that he couldn't even play properly. You know, it was too much of a cloud and he he didn't, he didn't like to be there kind of what JT's going through now. If he doesn't get a deal and he comes back to the Colts, then what happens? You know, is he going to have this horrible chip on his shoulder where he doesn't want to do anything for us and it gets ugly at that point. So it's difficult, but as a Colts fan, you know, it's not one player who makes a team. We've just got Anthony Richardson, who's a, a hell of a gem. You know, we've seen what he can do. It would have been great to have a guy like JT to help him out. I mean, him, a guy like Anthony Richardson, 
And Jonathan Taylor in the backfield causes serious problems for defences, which we now don't have. Um, yes, we've got the likes of Dion Jackson. We had Zach Moss, who we got from the Bills, who broke his arm. Um, we obviously signed the guy from the Ravens, his name escapes me. Um, Drake, Kenyon Drake, one of the rookies, Hull, Evan Hull. So it's a tricky situation. You've got to respect the guy. He's going to go look for that deal. If he gets it, great. If he doesn't and he comes back to the team, I'll be happy if he does want to, you know, bring that relationship back and play for us because I think we could do some great things this year. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm a Colts fan um, as well as JT fan, but I'm a Colts fan first. So, you know, what's best for the team, I suppose, is what we're going to do. Yeah, and it's interesting because I'm actually in the middle right now of writing a piece for the Cypher Sport about the history of the running back and how it's changed over time. And looking at the last 10, year, 10 years or so, how many of the elite running backs have actually won a Super Bowl? I mean, best three in the league, in my opinion, right now, and McCaffrey, mm-hmm. Derrick Henry, and Nick Chubb. Only one of them played in the playoffs last year. Only one of them, n- none of them has made a Super Bowl in their in their lifetime. Maybe with McCaffrey there yeah. maybe in the first for the Panthers, I don't know. But I think the way it's changed these days is that the last time I can really think of a, a team winning a Super Bowl with the best, not one of the best running backs in the entire league was probably the Seahawks back in 2013. Yeah. There was playoffs there, he wasn't really all season long, like seen as one of the best. And I just want to bring your attention to um the sort of the, the, the current value of contracts for the best running back. So the mm-hmm. biggest paid running back right now um is Christian McCaffrey, who's on $64 million. Uh Alvin McCaffrey, but even then only $16 million a year. And then McCaffrey's sorry, yeah. Alvin Kamara's on fit McCar- fifteen dollars million yeah. dollars a year. Derek Henry's on twelve point five. Nick Chubb, um, who's got a total value of thirty-six million dollars only 12 million a year aaron jones is next to 23 so i've not i can't not right now i can't right now see what the comparison with other positions but with aaron jones mm-hmm. being fifth in the entire league with only a 23 million dollar contract and you know look and it looks like so saquon barkley only getting 11 million extension and you know veterans mm-hmm. like Zeke elliott only getting six million dollars for his deal with the patriots and dalvin cook i believe was on even less with the jets so mm-hmm. i think we're seeing with the way the quarterback market is upped and the way it's gone more of pass-heavy league and how, on the vice versa, the position of running back seems to be devalued by a lot of teams because a lot of owners are probably thinking, right, I can win games, I can win championship without having an elite running back. I can use that money widely on other positions. So with all that in mind, can you see him even getting paid what you want? Or is it going to be a constant standstill until eventually someone... It's like almost like a game of chicken until someone eventually yeah. gives in. Do you know what? It's it's It's... Whilst it's not a great situation for Jonathan Taylor or running backs in the league, it is very interesting because this is a pivotal moment in the history and the future of the NFL in terms of this position, I feel. Um, you mentioned it there, quarterbacks are always going to be paid. We know that, right? You mentioned some of those names, Derek Henry, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, um, who have their contracts. And they're not big contracts at all. And then you think about what you see, which we call the eye test on the field, right? These guys are game changers. These guys win games on their own. These guys are the guys that the team turns to when nothing else is working, you know? And these guys get it done. They take the brunt of the contact week in, week out, day in, day out, and they're paid in peanuts pretty much. So you have to think and say to yourself, why is this happening? Why is the running back value position being so devalued to the point where the running backs have to form their own sort of Zoom call just that like we're having now and discuss what to do moving forward. I mean, get the NFLPA and the unions involved. 
it's incredible it really is incredible to see and it's it's quite um it's very dismissive you know the running back is a position it's a skill position it takes a lot of work a lot of commitment and yes wear and tear comes up as a part of that but these are the teams that these teams want these these running backs. They're gonna they're gonna suffer the wear and tear, but at the end of it, hopefully they're getting the ring. You know, they're bringing the team success. They're getting the first downs, they're getting the touchdowns, and they're putting their teams in positions to succeed. So for the NFL to come back and kind of say, well, we don't really value you too much um, because you know you're hurt. You you took too many. You had too many. What they say is you had too many touches. Well, I had too many. I think Josh Jacobs for the Raiders handled the ball the most in the entire offense, entire squad as a running back, right? He did that because that was that's what the team needed. You know, he had over 1,200 rushing yards, something crazy, and, you know, scored a bag of touchdowns and had a great season. He still hasn't signed till this day. The season starts in two and a half, whatever weeks. How can it... I don't understand how the league are so quick to turn a blind eye to this position, which is so needed. You know, they talk about, oh, yeah, you mentioned the point there, guys who win the Super Bowl, teams who win the Super Bowl. Look at the Chiefs, Isaiah Pacheco. Isaiah Pacheco was a seventh round pick, guys, seventh round. So yes, you can find guys from all around the league and all around different positions in the draft, but it doesn't mean, if you if you take out Derrick Henry and his, his power runs and his stiff arms, if you take out Nick Chubb, one of the top three best running backs in the game, take out Saquon Barkley, take out Jonathan Taylor, what happens to these teams? They crumble. They do crumble. Um, yes, you can plug in another guy, but these said guys aren't these X-factor running backs. They aren't. We're not talking about guys like David Montgomery, who's been you know, a kind of average, or Adrian Dillon even, who's been kind of average. He shares the backfield with, with Aaron Jones. We're talking about the superstars, the creme de la creme of the running backs in the NFL. And these guys are having to fight just to be paid a decent amount after what they put themselves through. So having to say, having said all that, it paints quite an ugly picture for the direction of the running backs. And I don't, I wish, I don't know when it's going to change. Um, obviously the running backs have had their own discussions and Saquon Barkley following that went and took the 11 million deal, which is full of incentives, which is one more, only 1 million more than what they offered him in the first place. Um, so the way I see it, I think there's a chance that JT could get close to what he wants, Maybe they pad out the rest of what he wants in um, uh, incentives, given his ankle history. But also, they know what JT can do. What he did in our offense with a subpar, subpar quarterback, okay O-line, and okay receivers, if you plug him into something like the Bills, I know they've just got James Cook, they've got Latavius Murray, and they've got David Harris from the Patriots. But if you were to plug someone in like that, and he be do you know what's funny? He would become healthy overnight to a degree, I reckon, if he went somewhere else, right? Plug him into the Bills, instant Super Bowl favorite. Instant, instantly, you know, like so. Although people know what he can do, what he can bring, there is the element of if this is what's happening in the market with these other guys, how can we give JT what he wants? I mean, there might be a team who's willing to do it, you know, die on their sword sort of thing. Personally, I don't think he'll get what he wants exactly. I think he'll get offered close to that. And I'm kind of hoping that he ends up back at the Colts. What happens from there remains to be seen. Yeah, it's a good point you make because we saw with Pleasant McCaffrey, someone who had two, I think two or three straight years where it was an injury hit season. He moved to the Niners, uh, you know, a, a team where he's not the main guy anymore. He's not the bell cow like he was in Carolina. And look mm. what's happened, not an injury since. And he's not even been, and he's been arguably playing his best ever football. Yeah. If not one of his best years in football. So I think... And he obviously he's got the biggest contract by a mile in all the running backs I've just mentioned previously. So I think, yeah. like we saw with 
Deshaun Watson and other quarterbacks where they set the market for quarterbacks to be ridiculously high. I think mm. if teams, if say JT, if teams can look at what McCaffrey did with the 49ers and look at what they paid him, then that should be president. And I think I'm surprised they're not using that more. Maybe they are. Maybe in these private meetings, they are going down this route and saying that, but McCaffrey got this money, look what he can do. But it mm-hmm. is hard when he's had the injury he's had. I mean, Barkley had it. He only got 10 million, only a one. He got franchise tagged originally, only got one year extension. And I think certainly running backs like Derek Henry, are going to, I think they're going to define the running back devaluing. I think they, you mentioned Peterson before, another running back. I think he's going to define sort of mm-hmm. go against the recent trend. I think he can last another three or four years. Hopefully enough to play in London this year. And I, I think yeah. that, um, I think it, I think it just takes like the quarterback or take one or two more to have that the guts to pay the money for a running back. Them yeah. to then is then work out and they perform on the field, and then I think that will then see running backs maybe getting back to their best. But right now, the way it's going, I just don't see him getting paid. I can see maybe beating Aaron Jones's amount, maybe getting twenty four million, but I can't see him mm-hmm. getting anywhere near what McCaffrey does, especially if someone had only really one and one and a half years where he's been in the NFL really so it's yeah. a tough one but mm. um of course there's still hope it's regardless because you've got Anthony Richardson who was taken fifth overall uh, I mean you took um, other players such as Julius Brent's cornerback from Kansas yeah. 44th overall we took Josh Downs out of North Carolina receiver for Richardson 79th overall but of course Richardson was fourth overall selection obviously Florida Gators quarterback um amongst many other ends you got the likes of you mentioned Kenyon Drake Amari Rogers mm-hmm. Green Bay's come in mm-hmm. um, Evans favorite quarterback Gardner Minshew's come in as a backup uh the defensive end Samson Ebicom yeah as well as the out 49ers yeah and the likes of Stefan Gilmore going to the Cowboys via trade you've released Matt Ryan and Nick Foles you've also got rid of the likes of Paris Campbell Bobby Okariki um Rodney McLeod etc etc so in terms of the ins and outs as a whole for you, George, what's your take mm-hmm. on the overall off-season in terms of those ins and outs for your team? Uh, so one of the things that I've been screaming for over the past maybe six, seven years is receiver help. I want to ignore the quarterback position for now because that's quite plain and obvious. Anthony Richardson is a unicorn quarterback and he provides us something that we've not had in a long time in the sense that he can rush the ball and throw the ball. So defenses have to respect his dual threat ability. We have not had that for years. So that automatically takes the box and we're happy there. The wide receiver room has been a problem for many years. Um, and for some reason, every time I watch a draft, we never seem to really address it. Yes, we went and got Michael Pittman Jr. and um, Alec Pierce. Personally, I don't know if Michael Pittman can be uh, the number one guy. He's going to have to be right now. But personally, I feel like he's a great number two. Um, Alec Pierce is going into his second season. We need to see a lot more from him. He's been looking good the preseason right now, but you look at the you look at the wide receivers, and I'm going to come to Josh Downs in a minute. Um, but you look at the you look at the roster of wide receivers, and there isn't really anyone that kind of goes and sticks out to you to say, "Oh my gosh, that's a baller." You know, we don't really have the AJ Brown or the Jamar Chase kind of guy. I suppose our kind of guy would have been Jonathan Taylor, but we went and got Josh Downs, who I absolutely love. I can't say enough about the guy. He plays so much bigger than his size. He's a real dog wide receiver. Like the plays that he makes, he reminds me of a a T.Y. Hilton version two. And I think he's going to do so many good things for us. He's already got a great connection with Anthony Richardson. And now when you talk about 
Michael Pittman Jr. on the outside, Alec Pierce across him. Now we can plug and play guys like Josh Downs, Isaiah McKenzie, who we took from the Bills, who I'm a fan of. He had some issues at the Buffalo Bills with drops and things like that. But you look at the kind of guys we're looking at. Alec Pierce and M. Michael Pittman Jr. are kind of taller, bigger-bodied guys, if you like. And then you can use guys like Josh Downs, Isaiah McKenzie to fill in the slot. Tyler Adams is another guy that we we brought in too. Um, I'm trying to think, there's a guy called Michael Michael Stratton as well. You mentioned Damari Rogers. Um, we signed a couple guys. Uh, I think Montgomery um, from a few practice squads because of we, you know we got bodies bodies going down. But I I I would still like like a vet receiver in the room if that makes sense. Um, at one point in the off season or after the Bengals. Um, flamed out in the playoffs. I thought maybe we was a chance we could get T Higgins. Obviously he would have cost a lot of money. But that's the kind of guy that I'm speaking about. Someone who, you know, can dominate, can go up and get it, has the speed as well. But I'm happy with what we've done in the receiver room. I like Josh I love Josh Downs. I don't like him. I love Josh Downs. I'm happy with Isaiah McKenzie. Um of course we've got Alec Pierce and Michael Putman Jr. But my only concern is if one of those guys goes down, Alec Pierce or Michael Putman Jr., we're kind of stuck because um Isaiah McKenzie and Josh Downs can't be the number one guys. You know, they're more like slot receivers. At that point, we haven't seen enough from Mike um, Strathern for him. He doesn't even get game time for him to know, can he be that number one guy? Um, we do have Brashar Perryman. I don't know if he's injured right now. Um, we've got Juwan Winfrey, Amari Rogers. But again, none of these guys are names that stick out to you and say, all right, this is the go-to guy. So there's that sense. The O-line needs a bit of work. You know, we... A couple of years ago, we had what top three, top five O-lines in the NFL. Um, see, the last season, you saw how that went. You know, Matt Ryan as a quarterback isn't the thing right now anyway. He's not mobile enough. He's, you know, he's getting up in there in age. He doesn't have the same skill set. Pair that with a bad O-line and you're asking for trouble. So we saw how that went last season. So we've got, we've got some guys there, Will Fries, Braden Smith. You know, we're going to put in Nelson still there. Ryan Kelly's still there. They've got the experience to pass on to the other guys. Um, where I'm... My concerns lie in the secondary for me. Um, I'm quite happy with our defensive line. Autry, Quitty Pay, Grover, um, Buckner, um, Abicum, Samson Abicum, Zaire Franklin, Shaq is back, EJ Speed, Julian Blackman, Rodney Thomas II, the guys that we drafted, um, Juju Brents, Jalen Jones. I'm quite happy with that side of things. But the secondary in particular, where we lost Gilmore, um, we lost... Uh, McLeod we lost that experience we lost those guys look at how many games Gilmore won for us alone clutch moments and he's come up with picks ending the game you know we don't have I mean we've got Kenny Moore who like I mentioned earlier has come back after having a quite a bad season wanting to be let go wanting to move on and he spoke about how he refreshed things with the team he got into those meeting rooms and you know they had open conversations and now he's and he's, it's been showing he's been balling all preseason it's been there so it goes to show you know if the player's mindset isn't there you can kind of forget it. But that's, he's now the oldest head in that secondary room. We've got like, you know, really talented guys like um, Blackman, Julian Blackman, who I feel is going to have a great season, but that's where our weakness lies because our cornerbacks now, you know, we got, we, we're looking at starting rookies, you know, Juju Brents is, I think he's the homegrown talent in Indy. And for him, it's like a homecoming draft. He's been picked and he's ready to, he's ready to roll out for his, for his home, his home nation. But, it's always risky when you've got rookies, unless they're unicorns. Now, I don't know how they're going to fare come come game time against guys like AJ Brown, um, DeAndre Hopkins, who's decided to come back to the AFC South and haunt us even more. Um, these guys against some of these rookie cornerbacks are going to be, you know, 
defining moments of our season. And I feel like that's where we, in addition to now the run game because of, you know, the, the situation with JT, those are the areas where my concerns are the most. Um, Colts fans have been screaming for for um, Chris Bader to get in a, a veteran cornerback just to solidify that room a bit, bring in some more experience to pair him with the likes of Kenny Moore. And we haven't done it. So I guess that speaks on, I guess, the other confidence that we've got in the guys that we've got in the room now. Um, or I guess at some point we'll be going out to get to get that to get that cornerback. I don't think we are by the sound of it. I've not I've seen no indication. Um, so it looks like we're going to be rolling with the guys that we got. And I guess, you know, you've got to give them a chance. And if they do well, then that's great for us. That's great because this season is not a rebuilding, but it's a building phase. It's part of our building phase. You know, people are looking at us to to not win more than five games. You know, people are saying that Anthony Richardson is going to be a bust and he won't be able to cope and he'll he'll have all these issues going on. You know, we'll see what happens when it comes to it. But yeah, those are my, the running back room, which, you know, I guess you can always, obviously if we do trade in, we'll be looking for something back or we're going to stick with the running backs that we have now and maybe we'll get some receiver help or maybe we will get some cornerback help in the form of, of a trade. But for me, the secondary, the secondary screams the most. Yeah, you mentioned the secondary. I mean, according to ESPN.com, your first choice right cornerback right now is EJ Speed. And his stats don't exactly lie. You know, he's down as a linebacker on his official Wikipedia page. But looking at his stats, he's had in since he's been drafted 2019, he's only had 110 tackles, just one sack, just three false fumbles, just three pass deflections, I think is massive. He's had a couple of defensive touchdowns, that's stunning. But it's not... um, you know, not great. And look, you mentioned the offensive course. I think what you're missing as well, I think, would really help with the lack of wide receivers. It's a great tight end. But right now, it's down as Kylan Granton on ESPN. And I don't think that's screaming an exciting prospect for Anthony Richardson. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that if you look at Mahomes, I know he's a different level, but, you know, he makes it work with lack of receivers because he's got t- Travis Kelsey to throw the ball to. Um, but I want to actually. Batman and Robin, um, right? Say that again, sorry. Batman and Robin, and that's what we don't kind of... I mean, again, we're not going to know who Anthony's go-to guy is just yet. You mentioned Granton. They've got a great rapport. They've been doing well in camp. But Granton's not your bigger body tight end. For those guys, it's like Jelani Woods, Marley Cox, who we're expecting a lot from Jelani Woods, you know, because of his size, what he can do with his, his frame. He's a freak of nature. Um, but yeah, man, there's a, there are a few holes still, for sure. Mm. Um, I actually want to read out you a stat that I found to show how different a callback Richardson is to the rest of your previous callbacks. So the year was in night your last your the year you've had the most rushing yards from a callback is nineteen eighty-three. But Mike Pagel. Now can you guess the yards he had for an entire season? Oh man. Yards. Oh my gosh. I'm gonna be way off with this, but I'm gonna go. 457? <laughs> You're actually almost bang on 441. Um, oh my god. Come just... on. We, hey, we got you see this clip. We got we got clip this right here. I need this piece right here. That's that's impressive, man. <laughs> yeah, I think it just shows as well that um just how different callback he is because you've had in the last 10 years you had Andrew Luck, who was a great passer, but not known for his feet. And you've had people like Philip Rivers, Matt Ryan, Jacoby Brissett. I think mm. even Brian Hoyer played a bit as well. So it's yeah, yeah. It's a complete change, and I think that that's obviously one thing that you've was it sort of expected when you had Shane Steichen come in, your new head coach, who was of course the OC with um, 
Jane Hurts the Eagles. Eagles last year. So I think mm-hmm. that was a sign. We did our mock draft, I believe. I It was me who put the Colts taking Richardson fourth for that reason alone, because I think if you've got someone like Steichen who knows how to work with mobile quarterbacks and is offensively minded, I think that can really help Richardson get. I mean, I'm a Gators fan in college. So for me, I... I'm really back him to do well, and I hope he does. But I do worry that in his first year, I mean, a lot of quarterbacks do struggle in the first year. Colts fan know that more than anyone else with um, Absolutely. Peyton back in the day. So I think, I think these, we talked about it in the previous episode, where I think these days with social media, same thing in football, you know, people are much more quicker to criticize someone. And I mm. think that people are almost expecting it to be right away a quick fix. When really, I think NFL, especially with the amount you have to learn, and a jump from college to pros, I think you shouldn't really expect him to be good in the first year because you look at all the good quarterbacks. I mentioned Manning. Mahomes didn't even play his first year. Josh Allen was questionable in his first two years. Jalen Hurts, the same thing. You know, Tua, and he was questionable. And it, whilst his health is still questionable, you can't deny on the field. He did play last season. He was much improved. And I think that goes down for all of them, down to getting a top receiver to throw to, whether it's AJ yeah. Brown, Stefan Diggs, or Tyreek Hills. I think... I think Michael Pittman, I think he's the classic fantasy receiver. People who think he, people seem to look at his stat. He looks good on fantasy football because he gets all the targets. And But really, I don't think he's a, he's a one receiver. I think he's a really good number two receiver, like a like a T Higgins or Jalen Waddle. But I just don't think personally he is someone that you can rely on if you want to go and challenge for divisions and playoff berths. I don't think he's yeah. the guy. I think he's still good and he's a really likable man, but I just don't know whether he is a guy to be that number one receiver. And I think he, if you get someone like back in the day, if you you said OBJ, but these days someone who is number one, I can't think anyone now who's actually available. Mm. You can get that number one, so even have him as your number two. I think that just completely elevates not only your offense, but also did Richardson's game completely. And I think that would be what you need to see him make that jump. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I couldn't agree more. And it's interesting because you mentioned um, the, the names of those quarterbacks who, are amazing now we're talking about potential hall of famers but they didn't start off that way but because we've suffered for so long as i say for so long since the days of andrew luck and we've had mediocre quarterback carousel we kind of want anthony richardson to be that guy right now the only problem with that is again we've you've mentioned it there who are you throwing to you don't have that one unicorn wide receiver who can do it all we don't have that um, and I, again, you agree with the same point. Michael Pittman Jr. is great, but I, he he just isn't the one. He's not he's the B and not the one A. And that's no respect to MPJ. I love the guy. He's a great guy. Like you said, great personality, great for the locker room. But we just don't have that alpha wide receiver. And that is hurting us big time. Now you've got a guy like Anthony Richardson who can do it all. Josh Jones will help him there for sure. But, you know, unless unless Alec Pierce takes a big leap this year, and Michael Pittman Jr. can benefit from the fact that we have to respect the run game of Richardson, then I don't know where we're going to go. But you would imagine that that would play some kind of factor, even more so if we did have JT. We don't have JT. But you still have to respect what AR5 can do. And that means that guys like Pittman and Pierce should have should have an easier time creating separation because we're going to need it, man. We're going to need it. So the final section is going to be our win-loss tie section, which is the aren't familiar listening at home to what is I ask every fan to predict each game with a win-loss or tie answer, and that should give them an overall record for the season. Now, you came on last year, George. Now, your, the actual record was 4-12-1. Do you remember at all what your prediction was last year? Oh, my gosh. i got no idea. 
No idea. Uh, it was 12 and 5. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't see being this high this year. Um, no. But week one uh, is a home game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, we've got a bad um, record of winning home games, opening the games, and also beating the Jags um, in Florida, although we're at home. But I'm going to go out and say win. Okay. Well, that, well, that one that ends three calls out the one in Jacksonville you've got at the moment, that long drought without it's, The streak is out in Jacksonville in Florida, yeah. Oh, but okay. we just don't have a good record of winning um, opening games anyway, so... Well, week two sticks is the AFC South on the road to the Houston Texans. Win. Okay. And then week three is a road game, this time against the uh, Baltimore Ravens. I'm going to say lose. Okay. And then week four um, is a home game against the Los Angeles Rams. I'm going to go win. Okay. So that is going to be three and one at the moment. Not a bad start. <laughs> um, week five, um, just before they go to London, the Tennessee Titans travel to Indianapolis. Oh, man. Ugh. I hate to say it, but I want to say lose. Okay. Okay. Um, now, here we go. Week six, the one you've the long drought could be over or may not. We don't know how it's going to go, but on the road to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm going to say loss. Okay. So going on to week seven is a home game against the um, Cleveland Browns. Man, that's a tough one. Nick Chubb, wide receivers. I'm going to say lose. Okay, and then week eight is another home game, this time against the New Orleans Saints. New Orleans Saints, New Orleans Saints. Win. Okay, so that means four and four going into week nine, which is a road game against the Carolina Panthers. Oh, man, what a game. Frank Reich, you know, he's eyeing that one up. Um, Oh, my gosh. I'm going to go win, win. Okay. And then you head to Germany to face the New England Patriots in Frankfurt. Win. Are you going to be going to the game at all? I hopefully will be, yeah, man. I've got my fingers crossed. That'll be an amazing experience. I'm Absolutely. still trying to push through whether I can get tickets for Chiefs Dolphins, whether it's Media Pass or whether it's as a fan. Uh, trying my best to mm. get there as well. Um, yeah. So week 11 is Dubai. Um, week 12, though, is a home game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm going to go win. Yeah, I think Actually, that. no, no, no. Their defense is solid. Their offense is... No, I'm going to go lose. Let's change that. <laughs> um, so week 13 is a road game in Tennessee against the Titans. Oh, man, lose. Okay, that means you to a 500 record as we stand. Going into week 14, which is on the road against the Cincinnati Bengals. Lose. Okay. And then week 15 um, is a home game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, I want to say lose. Okay. Um, now, Christmas Eve, which is 6pm for the UK, 1pm in the US, at, away to the Atlanta Falcons. That's going to be a good game. Win. Okay. Um, and yeah, next one, of course, is going to be New Year's Eve. So it's a great year for NFL. We've got games on New Year's Eve, Christmas Eve, and my birthday. So it's a great year all around for NFL action. Uh, it's a home game against the Raiders. Oh, win. 
And that is, of course, um, another that is going to be 6 p.m. in the UK and 1 p.m. in the US. So, again, if you're not if you are listening home and you want to watch NFL's a whole slate of action on that day, so you can watch it before then going out and getting hangovers in the morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, final day of the season, week 18 is a home game against the Houston Texans. Win. Okay, so that means you will end the season according to your record prediction with a nine and eight record. A winning season. I mean, it's a lot to ask. New head coach, Shane Steichen. But I just feel like we've got something so different in our quarterback room that we haven't had for so many years. And yes, I would have loved to have paired in with Jonathan Taylor. We ain't got that right now. But I think we're, you know, we're we're rebuilt, we're building, not rebuilding, but we are building. It's part of a process. Um, we still need to add pieces, but I feel like we should be able to get, you know, get those eight or nine wins. And I've gone nine there. I feel like we should be able to get that number of win, uh, those number of wins. Not quite as high as what I said last last year. Um, but we'll see. I'm confident, quietly confident. But um, I mean, for the shoe, man, go Colts. Well, you are our 24th guest and it's our 23rd team. Um, and you are only four fans have had a less record than yourself right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what can I say, man? You got you got to keep positive, right? I could easily sit here and mark a lot of those losses, but then I'd you know I won't be too pessimistic. So let's 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 look positive. Well, you like you like. You like to know this. Our second lowest prediction is one of your friends. It's Sam Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're a Cardinals fan, yeah. I yeah. mean, enough said about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's our bottom two guests are both Cardinals fans. It's the one we've had where they've had, they've had separate predictions for two different fans and only a 5-12 and 12 from Oliver Kent, who's also a Cardinals fan, is mm. lower in our table right now than Sam Morgan, who's down at 6-11. and 11. Um, wow. I mean, we had Chris Milner on well, okay. our last episode, and he had him as eleven and six. Uh, Jeff Reinbold, eleven and six. What yeah, for the I know. Cardinals? <laughs> Hell no. No five for the Commanders. Sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, even that man. Hmm, not sure. Yeah. And then Jeff Reinbold is anyone that slow than you that isn't a Cardinals fan? He had the Raiders going seven nine and one. So um, yeah. Mm. But that is where we'll end the episode for today. So once again, thank you, George, for coming on. Pleasure. Anytime we're going to do this, let's run it and get a few more done through the season. Actually, do some lookbacks um during um after the week uh, weekends. Sounds good. Um, but in the meantime, this has been the Across the Pod podcast. I've been Andy. This has been George, and we'll see you guys at our next season preview. See you then. Mm-hmm.